Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Podcast. Uh, just glad to be joined by Auburn baseball coach Butch Thompson. And uh, Butch is this is the time of year that, as a coach, I know you get excited about. Probably some anxiety to go along with it as you start these full team practices. But um, it's such a different world now than it was 20 years ago. So many newcomers, uh, different ways of building teams. But how? First of all. How do you adjust to when when half your roster is new every year? Because that's about the way it's been the last few years, hasn't it? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, that's what you think about. The first thing that triggers in my head you're talking is Hal Baird, Brian Shoup, these people that Ron Pope that have poured into me. Uh, they don't really have a solution or answers for this because they never dealt with it. So it's a new day and time, and we're dealing with all these challenges. But I think we all know my two decades in the SEC, it's kind of – awesome to to be able to announce like it's only gotten stronger it's only gotten better it's become the best amateur baseball on earth and you know I use a stat with our recruits that I I would share with you as well is I believe this year if it continues at the same rate over 100 former SEC baseball players will be on opening day major league rosters this spring that's incredible Um, so you know you can love your team uh, we know that we have absolutely gotten some great guys to come through the program recently, but then you, it didn't take but a second to look around our league. There are the 13 peers in our league and really across the board in college baseball. Uh, man, there's good players all over. So I just keep telling our guys, you know, our preparation, us getting ready for the season is our, our only focus. But we just like rolling out last year, you know, after losing some really good guys in our program, um, we, we got some new names coming in that I'm excited about the Auburn fan base to see, to rally behind uh, some really good ball players. Might have lost some experience, but I absolutely believe we have not lost the, you know, from a talent standpoint. We think we got another good ball club for 23. But going back to last year just for a second, um, to follow up a trip to Omaha, to host a regional, uh, to win at a place like Oregon State, to go you know, take the next step and win a game in, in, in Omaha. What do those things mean? Uh, obviously, you start fresh for a new year, but to, to kind of continue that stair step as a program, how important was that to build on from last season? Yeah, I think I'd start with hosting a regional. I just think it's the first time since 2010 that was a great ball club. And just seeing how our fans reacted. You know, we're just – we're walking into our third season of Plainsman Park being completely sold out for the first time ever and to be three years – um, in a row is outstanding uh, for our fans. The connection with our students last year was huge. That Our baseball team last year absolutely connected with our student body. You know, Bruce has done an amazing job. Several of our other sports, football is traditional and as good as anybody in America. It feels like it landed on Plainsman Park last year at the beginning of the year. And, yes, we've been to two out of three College World Series, and baseball can be a little different than other sports. Uh, but 2021 was a tough one. 
you know, it's well documented the nine one run losses and SEC play and the challenges and how everybody kind of stayed together. And I think one of the seminal moments for me personally as a leader of the program is seeing us sell out before the season starts and seeing our students show up. The way that people showed up to support our team last year, it's like they stepped up to the plate and uh, really rallied us. And our best baseball could have been arguably been said it was played in that regional. Our people stepped up to the plate before our season ever started and pulled us back through another run of the College World Series. I'll never forget that personally, and I try to make our players aware of that. I think they know that. They understand that, especially a player like Kaysen Howell that's been in our program for a long time, a Nate LaRue. Uh, so we, we think this is uh, – when Auburn's operating at its best, it's a family affair. We felt that last year with our people rallying us, and, and I thought the region was huge. You know, I guess our program's been to four super regionals. We've been thankful to go to three of them. Um, we still got a lot of boxes to check regular season, SEC, the tournament. So there's still a lot out there for us to play. So absolutely winning one game in the College World Series last year is, is it's not the end goal. You know, we're trying to win the big one. It's, it's nice to have enough support now, uh, enough players where a coach, a fan base, supporters, donors, the board, our leadership believes that baseball can, can make consistent runs. So uh, th that gives us a lot of – a lot of confidence and a lot of punch moving forward to to keep making sure we got a lot of new people this year 24 new players which I'm sure you guys are talking about as you as you're talking about in advance of baseball season what this team's going to look like it's really hard to predict right I've seen us rank preseason from 17th in the country to 300th <laughs> um, and I'm kidding about the 300th a little bit but I think you know what I'm talking about and I'm the head coach and I'm with my guys every day I don't even know. So I have no idea how somebody could be an expert on that part of it. What I will tell you is that in one month, two months, three months from now, you don't have to be an expert. It'll absolutely be laid out there and you'll play the games and you'll you'll see who are the teams that are that are maneuvering and positioning themselves for for postseason play. You mentioned a couple of the veteran guys and we'll start there because that's you're, you're older and much more veteran in the field than you are on the mound. And so you, you mentioned Case and Howell, but Case and Howell, Bobby Pierce, Cole Foster, Nate LaRue, Aron Dial, Cam Hill. I mean, there's some guys that have, been, that have played a lot of baseball. Then you, you, know, you bring in you know, Justin Kirby in the outfield. You know, you bring in Cooper McMurray at first base. I mean, you've got some older veteran pieces in the field to build around. What, what have you seen out of the guy, those guys early on? And, um, you know, kind of the expectation for them is, is really – a group of the leaders for this team. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, Kaysen Howell, he's <laughs> he's the alpha male. That's his clubhouse. He runs our ball club, and I'm happy to report that. And I give, you know, if I got something with our ball club or if he has a need to make our club better and our team and our program move forward, he's coming to me. I, I trust Kaysen Howell um, totally. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Pierce is a winner. He's got a chip on his shoulder, even having success and getting in that lineup last year. Uh, the guy closest to home plate, Nate LaRue, you cannot understand what comes with asserting yourself last year as the starter, having to earn it. Nothing was given. But once he got it, once he got going, and then how he handled Burkhalter. I mean, if a catcher in the SEC, because so many times it becomes a one-catcher show for some of these great teams in the league, and it's all about who can handle our pitching staff the best. And so he's built so much wealth in that locker room and on the field to where 
man, he's running our show and he's making our pitchers better. And he's got a tall order to get some new guys that's never done it before to get them going this year. So, man, those are three leaders that come to mind. Uh, Bryson Ware is a guy that stayed in a fight. You know, he, he's even a guy that I would mention that um, has been – you know, had trials, tough at bats, in and out of the lineup, defensive replacement, been in the come as a shortstop, played in the outfield. We're bringing him back to third base this year, and he's absolutely stayed in the fight. You know what that does? That makes everybody in the locker room respect a guy that has hung in there, that is the the same every day, that says come by and says hello to the coaching staff every single day, loves the game. So, man, you root for guys like that. I think we have a good blend. A nucleus of all those position players you mentioned, I will absolutely would love to build a team the rest of my career with a nucleus like that, you know. And, you know, you, you mentioned so many of those guys, and there's some there's some newcomers that are exciting too. A Caden Green's a new guy. You mentioned Kirby. McMurray at first base, him and Hill over there at first base has been great. And then, you know, Positionally, there's some freshmen. There's an Ike Irish who we think is ready to help today. Kind of a Stephen Williams concept, yeah, I think, yeah. from way back when he was a freshman All-American. Um, Ike Irish gives you that feeling at DH and learning to catch every day behind Nate. And uh, the teammates love Gavin Miller, the third baseman. Uh, so we're going to have some new pieces. Chris Stanfield is as talent, talented as anybody. He's sitting right behind Kaysen. Man, how much is he learning this year? Um, sitting behind him. Um, I think Ryan Bliss did that for Cole Foster. Casey Mize did that for Tanner Burns. I, I tell you, one of the things that you can't see every day unless you're there with us is seeing those type things play out. When I first got to Auburn, Keegan Thompson pouring into Casey Mize, that turned into Casey doing it for Tanner. Bliss to Foster, and now it's Foster's turn at shortstop. I just, I think that's been one of the strongest culture pieces of our program is older players investing. Because man, Foster could have been one of these guys like, man, I want to get out of here and go play. Instead, he stayed right behind. And man, look what Foster did. He got that regional off to a bang, two home runs in the first inning. Uh, the big hit against Stanford, man. That was our last come from behind win last year when we had 22 of them. So. Cole Foster waited his time, but he learned so much from Bliss. And like I said, Howell's doing that, Nate LaRue's doing that. Those are those are features of our program that, you know, I'm glad I get this platform and time with you tonight to, to tell our people that some of our older players are doing an amazing job with this, this next generation of young players that are going to be, you know, playing for us and developing now, but are going to be our stars when these guys leave. Yeah, and, and you know, which I was just as you were as you were talking about. You know, Bryson Ware. I was thinking about a guy like Josh Hall, uh, a guy that that's come back and you know had a, had an injury that that derailed his season and, and may have saved a win at LSU in the process. And now he's come back, and that's another valuable leadership piece of experience. And and now, I, for the last the last twenty years for Auburn baseball, it 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 might be a catcher in left field or a catcher in right field. For the first time, knock on wood, you got some guys out in the outfield with Mike Bellow and some others that that give you some options, don't you? Yeah, and every time we have a conversation, we leave a, a guy or two out that's really important <laughs> to this ball club. So yeah. um, that's just how it goes. That that gives you a sign that the depth is is deeper. And whatever this new age of sports of, you know, we it's well documented and it's an excuse. So we, you know, it, it's not good to talk about, but when we got here and everybody, I think that has an understanding of our sport being equivalency sport has understood the, the scholarship stuff and the limitations. And as we've tried to build and grow, but 
you know, this, this, this NIL, all these pieces are something that's going to, or has, it looks like in this immediate future has allowed us to build out some depth. Now, you know, with those eight guys we lost last year, you know, all eight of them that went in the top 20 rounds had never been drafted in their career. <laughs> that's another piece that I talk about point toward development, give our assistant coaches a ton and ton of credit, but you can't foresee all those guys leaving when they've never been drafted in their career. And I think, you know, the the three pitchers going in the top five rounds, not that hadn't that didn't happen for many schools in America last year, and then five in the top 12 rounds. And that's what we got to figure out. You're asking me if we're if we're gonna be that 17th or 300th team, it's all going to depend on this this talented pitching that's a consensus top 10 class in America. How soon can they steady themselves and get outs and uh, get us back in the dugout? And and can we figure out a new recipe because, you know, you can talk about all these starting pitchers and all these good guys that left that, man, I think the biggest challenge is starting in the back end for us. And you start going a Carson Skipper and a, and a Blake Burkhalter replacing those guys is huge. And it worked for us in the past. Now it seems like we can expand our scholarship money a little bit and, and get to this good debt that we're talking about. Cause the reason why it worked maybe last year before all this stuff starts hitting and becoming part of our world is because Blake Burkhalter was a walk-on. Yeah. He was the highest drafted pitcher in this year's draft, but he came to Auburn as a walk-on. It's just incredible for him to go in the second round. But for him, that 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 outing almost uh, – to me, it's like an immaculate outing in the biggest moment of his whole career uh, was incredible to help us punch our second ticket there. Um, but – you know, those guys have just done an amazing job for us to keep building our program and, and hopefully the advent and some of these changes that's going on in college baseball will will only enhance or benefit and create more depth for our program. Yeah, but you, you're you talking about pitching and you talk about the back end. Let's start there. Um, it's going to look look a little different. And, but but even even at this time last year, you didn't know that Blake Burkhalter was going to be that Blake Burkhalter. Uh, didn't know that Carson Skipper was going to develop into to that left-handed guy you got some pieces to it. You're right. It's, it's now a matter of who steps up. And there's some there's some names that people aren't going to be as familiar with that are going to have those opportunities, aren't they? Yeah, great arms. I'll start with somebody that, that threw in some of those roles last year, like a Chase Isbell that came from Stanford last year, along with Sonny and, and, and Brooks Carlson. Uh, all three came as teammates there. So he's the long piece that's still here in the program and was coming off of surgery. So – he was late in the year to start throwing some good innings, just like Tommy Sheehan mm-hmm. was for us as a left-hander, right in a lefty. Of course, Tommy came from his grad transfer from Notre Dame. But uh, Isabel probably gets the first shot just because he's been around. And we got a new pitching coach, too. So it's not just that experience. It's getting a new rotation. And can I gain management? Can I gain manage after three years of learning how Tim works and how he gets yeah. them ready? And, and, you know, Coach Rock, even though he's my pitching coach in college, which that's probably what I've advertised more than anything, I, that's three decades ago. So we got to get in the moment how we're going to work together for this team in this season. But I, I do think there's a few. Will Cannon, the junior college transfer from Northwest Florida, has got a big arm. Alsop's got a big arm. We're trying to see if – that's what's so tough about this time of year. The coach tries to make the lineup out. And then after you play two or three – weekends the players really start making the lineup out but you know we love joseph gonzalez he's our headliner we're trying to make also uh, from those bullpens instead of he's another guy you think of putting the back in we put him at the front 
there behind Joseph, that third starter, is open. And maybe that's why some people are are cooler on us than other people appreciating the recent body of work, which I respect. So we've got to figure that out. But, you know, there's a Tommy Vale, TCU, uh, Notre Dame, that's a good left-hander that gives you that skipper feel. If, if you said who looks the most like him, I'd say Tommy Vale. John Armstrong's a sidewinder that was a freshman last year, really got some innings early, went away for about seven weeks, uh, went into the garage, changed a few things, come back out and helped us late. So I'm talking in circles, but I I think that's how we're not settled on a closer. Maybe Isbell gets first chance, but I think we got three or four guys in the mix. And it's really these next three weeks when we start here, we'll start squad games every Friday, Saturday, Sunday for three weeks, beginning on here on this Friday, the 27th. And then, man, it's, you know, somebody's going to try it out there for a last inning type scenario and the team's going to feel that synergy. I don't know who it's going to be with. I remember I didn't know Cody Greenhill would be that guy and it happened in a preseason uh, squad game and everybody just went like, yes. That was (laughs) was what you're waiting on. It organically happened. So I'm I'm ready for that to happen again, but four or five guys are going to get a sincere opportunity to, to fill the huge void left by those two great players last year. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Yeah, but most of the guys you mentioned are people that have been in the program other than than Will Cannon. But there's a lot of, you know, you mentioned all these freshman position players. There's some freshman arms that are really talented. Um, It's just a matter of seeing if those guys are ready for the moment. But um, you talk a little about about some of those arms and the potential of seeing them. And and also, uh, you know, Ballman as well from junior college ranks, another arm. Yeah, appreciate you mentioning Ballman. He's so unique, and he's out here. And, like, when Joseph throws, who's coming in right behind him? So I'm a big piggyback guy, and I believe this is going to sound crazy. So this is the first time I've said this for this team. Uh, I I think we have more pieces. Uh, You know, if you ever seen a peacock spread its feathers, we have have lower left-handed slot. We have more left-handers all the way around the arm slot Mm -hmm. tree. And then I think we have some good righties all the way down to John Armstrong. So our peacock feathers, when we spread its wings, it's not it's not wounded with ha- some wings falling <laughs> off. We really got some left-handed all the way around a range of slots and right-handed all the way down to Armstrong. I like that. I like those pieces. There may not be that one or two guys that uh, are just like anchor pieces. Uh, outside of Joseph, and and he's got to have a good year for that to be because the SEC is uh, is tough, and it's a new year every year. So he's going to have to go out and earn his stripes. And can he be what he what we think he could be? Sure, certainly hope so. But this is going to be a baton passing passing pitching staff. Meaning, uh, when Joseph goes out there, there is a somebody that we think can throw SEC quality stuff as a piggyback or a long reliever right behind him. And I'd love for it to be left handed, especially if you have an interest in and building a staff with Gonzalez right-handed, also right-handed. So I, I, I want that piggyback guy to come in right behind, maybe to be a different look. 
because that's a lot of times when you're going to the pen. Bauman gives us that. And uh, this is a 91 to 93 mile power lefty that's in the 6465 frame, again from that lower slot and uh, plus changeup. So he might be a great complement to either Gonzalez or also. So you can see how we start piecing and how this is going to work to get us to that back end. And uh, again, it might change a time or two, but man, the better we line it up on the front end, the less changes we'll make when we get into uh, the season, which is uh, critically important. But then we must develop three arms um, that are freshmen that I think have a chance to have 30 plus starts, all three of them, and uh, be that next wave of arms that people talk about. And that's Zach Crotchfelt from New Jersey. I don't know if we've had one like that that walks in at 94, 95 as a true yeah. freshman. So uh, that's that's new for us. That's another another piece that we really haven't had walking in. Now, we've had some guys, uh, Andrew Mitchell comes to mind, you know, Skipper really developed and, and come on. But from day one, we I'm not sure we've had that. And then just one of the best little left-handed competitors just won four state championships down the road at Pike. Uh, liberal down in uh, Troy, uh, uh, Drew Nelson. And, and, man, he's been as good as advertised. Was a little slow in the fall, and then, like, one day, you know, his he looked settled. One day he looked like, all right, I'm going to be myself. And from since that day's happened, it's been fun to watch. And, um, you know, big breaking ball, change up for a lefty, enough command, but really that moxie, that competitive to come right at you is what our players love. So that older players, position players that you mentioned is that core group, they love Drew Nelson. Yeah. And that's good for a young pitcher to get. And it's hard for a young pitcher to be great early. I mean, I've had <laughs> if we've had 14 big leaguers since 2014 and 10 of them probably wasn't ready to go as a as a freshman. Now Tanner Burns was and Cody Greenhill was and and, and we've had a few uh, but these guys, we're absolutely going to develop them. And then Hayden Murphy's the righty from over in Albany, Georgia, who probably the most athletic pitcher, whatever that means. But when he gets off the mound, his footwork, he's a position player. He's a real dual guy as well. We're focusing more on the pitching right now as a freshman because we feel like we have a lot of these older guys. Uh, but it's kind of that sinker, that power, uh, that 90 to 95. That's what's been strange. Just kind of been up and down for him. But – when you see him move as an athlete, you just feel like he's not even close to his ceiling. So those three freshman pitchers I'm high on, and I'm not sure the whole country knows about all these pieces that we're talking about. And uh, like I said, we, we, we had some guys do amazing jobs last year, and they're all out playing, and they're great players. But uh, I really like the talent of this. Uh, but, hey – since I've been in this league, experience has been a big deal. So that's their challenge, even though I like uh, that it feels like a fuller, more complete staff, that that lack of experience is we'll have to wait and see, and it's a challenge. But at the same time, you feel like this pitching staff and really this team in general has a chance to have a trajectory to keep getting better each calendar month as we go through the season because they will be gaining experience by the game, by the week, by the series, by the month. And uh, if they can keep their wits about them and, and gain some of that experience early, because we jump right into our schedule. Yes. My goodness, 
they don't, they're not going to get a time to ease into this thing with host, hosting Indiana in a series, adding Georgia Tech back on this schedule, home and away. Southeastern Louisiana was a regional team at our regional last year. Uh, and then second week you go to Southern California for a three-game series. So you start looking at the that pre-conference. Uh, you know, as a head coach, that gives me a little angst. That's why I'm yeah. sleeping a little bit less now as a season. But I think it absolutely thrusts some young people into the fire. And I think it's going to wind up being a backhanded blessing of helping this team get on a journey of what it's supposed to look like immediately before they get to SEC play. And, you know, if there's a challenge or two along the way early, I think at the end of the day, I'm trying to get my mind wrapped around that this will be a benefit for this team's growth as we as we head to SEC play. Yeah, that, that trip to USC in week two, how, how beneficial can that be, especially for a team with a, that's going to depend on a lot of young guys to get away from home? You know, you're on a plane, you're in a hotel room, you know, unfamiliar environment. How beneficial can that be for a team to, to kind of get them out of their comfort zone a little bit early on? Yeah, this is our third year in a row to do it, a non-conference road series. So we thought the first four or five years getting things settled, and then we started the journey. And you booked these things so many years out. But we did Round Rock last year. We got to play in Arlington. Uh, you know, the Texas Rangers Stadium out in Arlington was unbelievable because uh, you got Oklahoma, you got a World Series team there that you play to open the season. You had a Texas Tech who uh, Coach Tadlock has a top 25 special team. You know, are they going to Omaha? Are they not going to Omaha? Yeah. Every year you think about that club and now going out to Southern Cal. What we've learned these first two years is it absolutely – you see who, you know, that it bothers or who's not ready or that look in their eye, and you absolutely see somebody. You get all this – this feedback and this evaluation from a practice. And then you absolutely step into a game situation and it gives you more answers as a coach early on who's ready to go. So we've learned that about our club. And whenever you're a first-year player and we do all this preparation in the fall and all this in January to get ready for a season that starts in February, when you can get out there immediately and play in somebody else's ballpark, somebody else's environment, and, uh, and compete, that only helps you. I, I think these last three years and this trip will be no different. It'll help us so much before we take that first trip to Fayetteville, Arkansas, by going to Southern Cal. Uh, again, there's 24 new players that didn't get that journey to Corvallis or, or Omaha with us last year. So this is this is beneficial um, in a big way for us to go to Southern Cal, and that's the way we'll treat it. Butch, I, I think we'll wrap it up there, and we appreciate you so much for joining us and hanging out and giving everybody a little uh, inside look at, at the Tigers heading into this year. And I know you guys are excited uh, to get those, those squad practices underway. You're right. You, you practice and doing the fundamentals, doing those things, but the competition is, is kind of gets everything to to a different level, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're preparing every day. There's nothing we're doing except trying to sharpen each other. And pitchers are throwing the hitters. Those confrontations are everything. Everybody's locked in building this ball club. There's some exciting things at Plainsman Park this year. Again, it's sold out. We're excited about that. We're going to put the shovel into this facility in July and get some awesome renovations happening at Plainsman Park. Matt Frank Thomas, the statue, a Hall of Famer. Uh, we're going to put that statue up at Plainsman Park, our first. That's going to be a big deal. That's going to be A-Day weekend with the yes. football, Coach Freeze's first team. That's going to be at 1 o'clock. We're going to have that uh, statue celebration. We're going to be hosting Texas A&M. Uh, what, a, what a great weekend to uh, to be at uh, on campus 
and, and, and part of what we got going on, you get to take in a little bit of everything. So, man, there's a lot of good things happening, and uh, I can't wait to see everybody at the ballpark. We appreciate you guys for joining us. Uh, just give us a follow there. Uh, you, know, you can follow us on iTunes there. Uh, give us a YouTube follow as well at and uh, We'll see you next time down the road. Thank you.